Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash show and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash show. This is Jim, the podcast Sherpa from Too Many Podcasts, and you've got a ringside seat to the Mark the Shark MMA show. Mm, Let's get ready to podcast! The Shark MMA Show. All right, guys, we are live on Twitch, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA Show, where we talk about health, fitness, and mixed martial arts, and all the fun things going on during the COVID lockdown. Today, we got a very special guest, Jimmy Kim. Jimmy Kim, he's a fellow podcaster himself and a fitness expert. How you doing today, Jimmy? Not too bad, Mark. Mark, appreciate you uh, letting me come on the show today, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, man. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to have like a fun guest on a show, and well, especially we're... if it's a uh, fellow podcaster, right? <laughs> they're they're kind of used to what to do. For sure, but how, how about we save that? You you never know how how I'll be, right? So uh, maybe I won't be. Maybe I won't be fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we try. We try. We'll try. Right? We got to entertain everybody. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Mark, you know, before uh, I guess before you start interviewing me, I've been I've been you know trying to I've been looking you up, right? So I, I want to know how how you come up with um, how'd you come up with Mark the Shark? Like why why the shark? Uh, uh, Is it like a jiu-jitsu thing? Uh, I've been trying to think, man. Yeah. Basically, the uh, when I went back, I was off jujitsu for a while, for about eight years. I got really injured. And then I was on and off uh, Thai boxing. Like back then, I didn't have stem cell therapy or, or mm-hmm. stuff they have now. I was like 40 something. And I noticed they had jiu jitsu at the Thai boxing gym that I was training at, which is uh, North Jersey Muay Thai. Pretty popular in this area. They got a world champion, they got a Northeastern champion. And um, it was a jiu jitsu guy, a very friendly guy. And I'm like, let me, let me give it a shot. And while I was training with him, he opened up his own school, and there was an, an amateur MMA fighter there. His name is Mike uh, Mish, Mike Fatboy Mish. I don't know if he's listening to this, but whatever. <laughs> uh, he was handing out fight names. So one guy put one guy to sleep, so they called him Sandman. And he just came up, like, I guess with rolling with me or whatever. He's like, man, you're like a shark. So then he was like, Mark the shark. And it stuck. Like, but... In all honesty, I, I've always I've always had a, a nickname. Like ever since I went to college, people always had some kind of nickname. And for right. some reason, whenever they come up with a nickname, it sticks. So when they came up with so when they came up with the Mark the Shark, I'm like, they never called. They stopped calling me Mark. They just kept calling me Shark. <laughs> and at that time, I was um, also competing in uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not. No, Gordon Ryan or world champion, but I was doing pretty good for the uh, 40-year-old division. 
Right. I was even you know, older than forty year olds. I was like in my mid forties. Is that Ma- Masters two or Masters three? Uh, I start. I was Masters two and three, depending on the competition. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So you know about that? You train? Yeah, yeah. I train. I train jiu jitsu. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a black belt. Uh, black belt in jiu jitsu uh, for a oh, couple really? of years now. Yeah, um, out here in Toronto. I'm from Toronto, Canada. Um, very similar story to you. Um, I was I was doing Muay Thai for for a couple of years. Um, I've been doing martial arts my whole life, ever since I was yeah. seven. Um, you can tell, I don't know if you can tell by my last name. I'm Korean. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't know it was jiu-jitsu. I knew you were you were into the martial arts. I just, I just, I didn't. I think on your website, I think it looked like karate. Now I didn't like. I didn't see you in a jiu-jitsu gear. Yeah, you know, I've, I've done it all. I've done it all. Taekwondo from seven till you know my late teens, and then you know I finally begged my mom. I was like, Mom, you know, I, I want to try something else. Um, she's like, well, you're gonna have to make your own money if you want to, because I want to do boxing. Like boxing was the thing. You know, Mike Tyson. I grew up during that time. Uh, Roy Jones yeah, Jr. Yeah. So I um, I took the money that I was that I that I, I had a part time job, and I've been working since uh, since nine years old. Believe it or not. Um, yeah, you know, I was uh, my parents had like a little. Uh, they had a convenience store, Korean, of course, right? And they had like a little a lotto ticket booth at a subway station. So after school, yeah. we didn't have any babysitters, now you know nothing like that. So take my sister, we take the subway, and uh, and then I'd be working the lotto booth as like a nine year old kid, like just here's your tickets, here's your scratch tickets, handling cash and talking to people since uh, since the nine until until forever, I guess. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, they would give me they would give me a little, a little bit of pocket change, you know, to, to, hey, you know, good job. Here's some money. You know, I saved that. And then when I was 16, you know, I, I, you know, I told them, like, look, mom, I, I don't want to do Taekwondo anymore. I want to try something else. So they're like, look, you got to use your own money. Then I, I don't support that. I don't like that. Um, so I did boxing, did that for, you know, four or five years. And then I, I missed oh, kicking. Good. I missed kicking people. So I was like, you know what? I want to try Muay Thai. I did Muay Thai until like for another four or five years, you know, and, and both boxing and, and, and Muay Thai, I competed amateurly, you know, for fun, you know, just to kind of, you know, just try it out, right? Even Taekwondo, like I went around the, the scenes and, and, you know, did it. And there was never really like amazing at it. And that's when, yeah. you know, that's when like things I, I would look around the gym and like I see people, you know, going, getting into gym wars, right? And getting knocked out and, uh, you know, all the places I went to maybe a little bit more, um, I would say a little bit more hard knocks, like in the sense of like nobody wore headgear, nobody wore yeah. like shin pads. The only thing they wore was like a, a cup, and of course, yeah. I want to wear those things, but I also don't want to be that guy that is is the only guy wearing like a headgear and stuff like that when I don't see anybody else. Yeah, we didn't. So, we didn't wear. We didn't. Uh, like when I when I did uh, karate, not one. I did taekwondo when I was. I did Shotokan karate. Okay. When I was a teenager like 14. Then when we moved to North Jersey, I uh, took Taekwondo. I'd say we wore headgear there, but then when I graduated college, I um, I found a guy uh, in Middletown, New Jersey. His name was Ray Martin. Okay. And um, he, he was very, he was a very unique setting. He had like a fifth degree in karate. He was a brown belt in judo, second degree in Nishiru. But he, he's the one who introduced me to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. He also had a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, and he had, like, a four, uh, 15-year-old kid who was actually, like, a second degree now under Henzo Gracie because the guy never mm-hmm. stopped and never had that. I don't how guys are so lucky they don't have injuries, man. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, 
like back in the day, we just trained like knuckleheads. Like we didn't, exactly. like, it's not like the generation now. Generation now, they got it nice. The working mm -hmm. out with the very skilled people, they got nice control. We were like assholes. We were like throwing each other into the walls, yeah. come out with, like we're grappling and I'd have black eyes like I'm mm -hmm. boxing. Mm -hmm. But when we did the karate at his school, we uh, sometimes we wore headgear, but like on the weekends we would do uh, like more like Cushing Kai style. Yeah. But we would do it all to the body. We wouldn't do it to the face. Mm -hmm. We'd be full contact to the body. <laughs> I don't know why we came up with that concept. Like we were allowed to kick to the head, but not punch to that. I don't, it didn't yeah. make any sense because a kick would do more damage. A hundred percent. But you know, I guess, I guess maybe the, perhaps maybe the chances of, of a kick actually yeah. hitting you is a little bit lower. Yeah. But you know, kind of, kind of going what you're saying, like the one Muay Thai gym went to, they, they hired this one year, they hired, um, like a French, uh, a French Muay Thai fighter, pro fighter. So he came down and he was super, just like very hardcore. Um, his, he would teach this class every Saturday and I'll never forget it. It was called, uh, fighters conditioning class it was a fighters conditioning class and literally it was us punching each other in the stomach or in the chest or kicking each other's legs yeah literally for a whole hour so you condition yourself for it and you know you watch the old old school like um blood sport a blood sport movies right and you think yeah you know he's kicking down that banana tree a hundred thousand times and that's yeah, the only yeah. way to be a real fighter but uh yeah you know i i think shortly after that like i I was looking around and I just see people get into these wars and, and even me doing that kind of class. I'm just like, you know what? I am not a professional fighter. I work, I work at the government. Uh, yeah. I don't have any plans to I, do I that. Think that's probably like how I got injured a lot because I mean, I would just consistently train three times a week, maybe four times a week. But these guys were in there you know, like five, six, seven, the guys that I trained with, like yeah. karate school, they had like the cushy class, Mm -hmm. But within the hardcore guys, we would train on Sundays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., mm -hmm. right? Start out jiu-jitsu, and then we do karate for the rest of it. And it was hardcore. But those guys, you know, one of them actually, it was before the UFC. Like, you know, the UFC was out. He actually kind of went pro. He fought in the Mohican Sun. Mm -hmm. He was like 17 years old. He ended up getting a brown belt from Enzo or whatever. It was probably a black belt now. But Yeah. You know, I mean, even I though even, that's how I got hurt, I got hurt a lot, and then it, it yeah, it took me wild, the wild west. The wild west. It sounds like exactly like how it was here. Like I'm in Toronto, we there was yeah. no black belts in Toronto. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of blue belts, purple belts, but you know who who knows who knows where these. So I went to a school. It was called Toronto BJJ, the only BJJ school in Toronto at the time. And uh, happened to be close to where my girlfriend lived too, so I thought, okay, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Went there. Um, I loved it. I loved it. it was amazing. Um, and then they went through like a transition period, and uh, I don't know if you know the the, the guy Solo Ribeiro. Yes, um, Solo. Yeah. He's a yeah. Legend, so man. a legend, super yeah. legend. I got to I, I've got to you know train with him. Um, he's come because yeah. our school became affiliated with Solo Ribeiro. So yeah. then Solo sent over uh, a black belt from Brazil. And he came yeah. down to Toronto, and his name is George Brito, and he actually beat uh, Rafael dos, Santos, dos Anjos in Brazil. Really? Split decision, Tim. Uh, you know, back, back became, in the day. He became your instructor. At your he sport. became our instructor, and just very, like, hard, hardcore Brazilian-style jiu-jitsu, but structured. So yeah. then it wasn't this, like, okay, you know, everyone just kind of go in, do whatever. It became, like, okay, 
blue and blue and white geese only. Uh, traditional. We line up. We do that, and then you started to see the school and the people who are competing just getting better and better and better and better. And you know, it was a time when, uh, as a purple belt, I was competing. I was competing a lot more, but definitely just yeah. below, just just below the competitors out there. But uh, it's um, the way I explain to it people is I continue to do it now. You know, I'm almost I'm almost forty now, and I've been doing it for the last thirteen years. But it's the one martial art where you can go out. You you could do it a hundred percent, and then you can still do it again the next day if you want to, right? Yeah. There's no, there's no like punching or kicking as long as you're ego, relatively ego free and, um, you know, tap, tap when you're supposed to tap. Right. Yeah. That's the key. I think as, and, and it, <laughs> it bothers me because I'm, I'm, I got a decade on you. It bothers me sometimes, but at our age, as you get older, you have to tap sooner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a really good unless you got a really good doctor and you don't mind going for constant MRIs and surgeries. For sure. Surgery. It sucks. Sure. Look, the you first get, first it's safer to error on caution and ego to side, man. <laughs> there was one point my foot was so messed up. I was one of the reasons like before COVID hit, I stopped for eight months because my foot was so messed up. I had extensions mm. up there. Highly recommend it if you haven't done it. I haven't tried it. But I haven't tried it. If you were a white belt with just walking in a door, if you just touched my foot, I tapped. Yeah. Because that's how much that's wow. how painful it was. That was I from had, what? I still like... have trouble walking. And that, it also affected my hamstrings, my home, mm. yeah, leg locks. If you leg locks. the Henzo school, we had a guy that was part of that. Well, my instructor was one of Carl Mosaro. He's one of the original death squad members and then you had frankie rosenthal who's uh, current with the death squad guys he's chaining with gordon ryan all the time and, those, and you know and i'm like i wasn't used to it i came from a different school where there was no leg locks yeah and when they do it when they go for a heel hook and first you're thinking they're going for an ankle lock because the positioning is the same just the leg the leg entanglement the way to lock your legs down so but you're thinking it's an ankle lock, and you think you can get out, and then before you know it, they just got that thing sunk. You know, uh, Mark, I don't, I don't play with that, Mark. But, you know. <laughs> I, and I love to learn it, but yeah, you know, I learn it. Are, are just you, are you still training now with the? Club? Yeah, I'm, well, no, I, I it sucks because I uh, we moved. <laughs> my girlfriend at the time is now my wife now, right? And we mm -hmm. live. Uh, we live two minutes away from the gym. We just moved here like two years ago and like, boom, COVID hit and jujitsu is not exactly the most socially distanced uh, thing you can, yeah. activity you could do. Right. So um, yeah, you know, the gyms, all the gyms are closed here. Um, it's been closed since um, October, I think. Yeah. Um, I yeah. are open, but I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just have a con. I don't know. I just feel bad if I, bring it home to my family yeah. or if I give it to my parents or something. For sure. For sure. You know, same thing. I live, uh, you know, my mother-in-law lives with us uh, right here. So it's like, uh, what am I going to do? Bring, you know, roll with somebody and then bring it, bring it over to somebody, you know, bring it over to her. And that'd, yeah. be, the, that'd be the worst feeling in the world yeah. to, to do it. Um, you know, I was, I have a buddy who owns a jujitsu gym in Korea and he was telling me they're open, but they're doing jujitsu with masks on. No, I go to him like, well, I think it makes a difference, but I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what do you, what do you do? Like the mask must constantly come off. Cause as soon as you go for like something, anything. Right. And he's like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta stop. You gotta reset. And that's, that's the regulation over there. Right. 
And yeah, uh, I'm, I'm kind of hoping, and when it gets warmer out, I have a, a friend from my jiu-jitsu school that I think I can trust that he's yeah. like, kind of like me, staying safe, like maybe he can come over once a week and we can yeah. go. Yeah, that's, that's my goal anyway. So like, I mean, yeah, it's different. I mean, I think for you and I, it's different. It's I, I'll speak for myself. I, I have no plans right now to be world champion of – no, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it it keeps me in shape. It, it breaks up my rhythm of you know the regular workouts that I do, you know. Yeah. And it's it's funny because um, I was I, I bought Solo's book University of Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, I, I got that too. I bought yeah. it two years ago, and I met Andre Galval too. I got him to sign his competition. Yeah, do you ever get to train with the Galval? Uh, he went to he did a seminar at a school about twenty minutes. It was before yeah. COVID, obviously. I was still injured. But I went anyway because I'm yeah. like, when am I going to get a chance to meet like one of my favorite jujitsu practitioners? Yeah. I've met him. I've met uh, Bravo Estima. Did a, mm -hmm. a seminar at, at my jujitsu school, and I met Harder Gracie. At, I went to the Henzo Academy in the city. Mm -hmm. I've met him. Yeah. So I, but yeah, I had I had to meet Andre Caval because like he was like in like in one of my top five all uh, jujitsu amazing of all time. We, uh, I guess at that time, we're no longer associated with Solo Ribeiro's gym, but yeah. at the time when we were associated with him, we would get some really amazing guest uh, coaches and uh, jiu-jitsu guys come. Galvao would come in and he would do like a weekend's worth for free for our class, you know? So wow. we didn't yeah. have to pay. It wasn't that much, but it wasn't free. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to figure that the school's paying him. I think yeah. all the money goes to him. Maybe the instructor keeps it. Maybe. Maybe he was passing through. We had, um, um, who do we have? Uh, uh, Rafa, uh, Lovato Jr. He was associated because he's associated with Solo. He, came, he is insane. Insane. And he's doing great till, I don't know amazing. if he had some health issue. He was doing he's got great health issues in now. MMA. He yeah. won the world championship in Bellator. He won an yeah. uh, MMA, uh, world championship in, I think, some other LFA or something. Mm -hmm. So, so what are you doing now? I mean, because I, I mean, it's great talking to martial arts, but I mean, I think <laughs> I want to talk about what you're doing now to promote yourself or whatever it is that you're doing. Right? Yeah, you know, um, so you know, going back to that book, University of Jiu Jitsu. In that book, there is, I think, on the second or third page, there was, um, I think, Sanji. He is swinging this yellow bell. Um, just a picture of it. And I was like, what is that? You know, and uh, I wanted to, at the time, getting really into jiu-jitsu. And I was like, okay, what are some other things I could do other than jiu-jitsu? And it ended up being a kettlebell. And I was like, what the heck is a kettlebell? Like, yeah, what is this I all about, right? That. I just started that with the lockdowns. I couldn't get Oh, yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, even then, the resources of a kettlebell in Toronto didn't exist, uh, you know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. So I had to go and scour for one. And then to try to figure out how to use it was its own, own, own deal. Loved it, um, and then it, and it turned up. I ended up turning that into a business. Um, really, running Remix My Fitness. That is my business that that I run. Um, I left my government job of uh, eleven years to to go out and do to do to do this to teach kettlebells to, to people, and uh, it's been what I've been doing over the last um, you know the last like ten years or so now. Now. Uh, like not just now, but I mean, prior to COVID, were you doing that mostly in person or just strictly online? Because I've been to your website. It looks really nice. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, well, no. So it was, uh, we do it, uh, we did it in person. So I had a studio for four years in out here in Toronto. Um, and then I absolutely hated owning the studio because, 
Really? It was the hours was just too much. Like it was a very small boutique style studio, so it was just me and another trainer that I would hire. Um, the hours would be six in the morning till ten p.m. at night, uh, with like just odd really? hours and odd hours in between. You know, you know, I would just kind of take in clients whenever whenever I could, right? Like I would teach classes and things like that, but but like I would have to leave the studio open. I had to make a living. Uh, so if a client said, "Hey, you know, can I train at nine o'clock at night? Would you be? Would you?" I was like, "Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, let's do it." Right. Um, at that time, my son was uh, just born as well, so I left the government, opened up a studio, put all my money in, and also had a kid that same year. So uh, it was it was it was a tough it was a tough one, but you know it was we we did okay. It's just I just I just couldn't do it anymore. And um, an opportunity came up where one of the people working out with me was just said, "Hey, uh, would you be interested in coming and teaching something at my work?" And I was like, "At your work?" I'm like, "Okay." So I brought some kettlebells over and I thought we we're going to push some desks aside, but it turns out that this, this place had its own gym. Oh, there. Wow. And I was like, wait, you're going to pay me money to come to your gym and train your people. And I was like, if you have a gym, then there's got to be other gyms, other companies who have gyms around who also want programs. So yeah. I that out here, man. Not too many companies I worked for. Had oh, really? That'd be great. You know? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. At least, uh, you know, I don't know if Toronto is that progressive, but, you know, it turns as I got more and more deeper into it, there are a ton. There are a ton of places who maybe they don't have gyms, but they have spaces or they have places yeah. that they're willing to turn into gyms now and things like that. So that's what I was doing. And I was thinking like, look, that's great. I'm not a pay I don't have to pay rent. Um, and the, they pay pretty decent uh, if you're going to come in, do a good job. Um, and I kind of built, again, built my business from there and I was doing that and it was going pretty decent for four years and then COVID, right? Yeah. And then um, <laughs> I had to quickly transition to doing virtual, everything virtual. And it's funny because this is, a, you know, this is kind of like where I wanted to be. I want to come online, teach online. Mm -hmm. um, and it turns out it took a pandemic for me to actually just be like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do it. And uh, I think we have a pretty good, a, a pretty good product. Probably one of the, you know, I could honestly say like one of the best audio, video, you know, and uh, content that we have out there. It's all live. We do it Monday to Friday for the public as in like Team Remix uh, every evening, 6 and 7.30. Um, we run kettlebells, all kinds of stuff. And then during the daytime, uh, we are doing it for companies. Uh, in Toronto, in the States, we have companies on San Francisco, we have companies on England, Hong Kong, that do our live programs with the trainers, either myself or somebody else, you know, so it's funny that during this time that this is this was the time for me to, to go out there and to grow a business, never hired anybody, you know, never hired more than one trainer. Now I've got three, I have to, ha to hire a graphic designer. And, you know, it's kind of like it was just it was getting too much for me. So now I am juggling all these things um that i'd never had to deal with before and i get to do it at home so that's not too wow. bad yeah, yeah that, that's great though and it, it's funny that that it's like the kettlebells because my cousin was doing that too i don't know if he mm -hmm. still does that but he was doing that he was he was doing, doing that on the side he had a full-time job mm -hmm. but this it's amazing how like the online stuff still has transitioned i'm surprised People, we've had, you know, with the internet, the boom of the internet, we've had a lot of online businesses. I'm just surprised that a lot of other businesses were not prepared to go online. Because mm -hmm. I've, I've thought about um, possibly, like, you know, 
doing a business too, but I was always scared because of that. You know, like here in Jersey, we got a high cost of living. I got four mm-hmm. kids and they got a mortgage payment. Yeah. So I always like, but I have friends, you know, that one has like a, his company sells like health products, like protein mm-hmm. shakes. And then he had a green tea. He's done all right with that. I got another friend that has like a healthcare business. Yeah. Uh, where nurses go out. But I always, always wanted to do something entrepreneurial, but I had never been able to, to take that big step. Mm-hmm. But I'm surprised to see that during the COVID lockdown, that no one had that backup plan to be on the internet. I, I did see one local butcher, like I saw on the news, like he just went totally online. And now I think he's actually doing better. So, yeah. So it's great to hear. Uh, success stories because I'm hoping that one day I can come up with some. I just haven't come up with what I wanted to do. Like, yeah, I would like to do. I would always wanted to do jujitsu, but dude, my body's like shot. And my <laughs> idea is like, you got to be able to kick everybody's ass to come in the door in order to teach. That's like my philosophy. That's yeah. so I'm like trying to think of something else. And you and you always do a podcast too, right? Now, yeah. So you get paid for your podcast as well, or is that just something on the side to grow your business or like it started off with started off with something on the side to grow my business. Um, I, I always like being on the mic. I've, I've emceed countless, countless weddings. Uh, I go by the name MC Kim, AKA the kind intelligent man on the podcast. And it's funny because, uh, to pay for my school, uh, pay for my university. Um, when I was younger, uh, my, my, my high school buddy, his name was DJ Riz. And, uh, he says, look, I want to come out with these mixed CDs, but I, I want somebody on the microphone. Do you think, do you think you could just kind of just say a couple things and just announce the songs? And I was like, I don't know if I could do that. He, and he's like, okay. So I ended up agreeing. And then he's like, okay, we got to come up with like a cool name for you. I'm like, a cool name. I'm like, I don't know. He's like, okay, let's, let's do with like MC Kim. I'm like, oh, I don't know about MC Kim. And that was in 2002, and my sister, who was cleaning out my room, my old place, she found my CDs recently, and they say 2002. They're printed. We sold them at flea markets. We hustled on streets to sell them, and it's so funny that 18 years, 20 or 19 years later, we're still, I'm still going by that name. Um, so Remix My Fitness is my main podcast that, that I run, and from there... I had some listeners tune in and they says, Hey, you know what? I really like the way you sound. I really like the way you edit the show. Would you be interested in coming on and doing my show? Uh, I want to, I want to build a podcast. And I was like, what do you do? He's like, well, we're in the health tech realm. I'm like, I don't know anything about health tech. He's like, Oh, so they pay you to do, uh, so are you paid to be their spokesperson on their podcast? Like, I don't know. I guess, I don't know what you call that. It's yeah. your podcast, well, but it's not your podcast, but you're paid to be a podcaster. Yeah. So yeah, what I, what I told be looking into that. Too. What I told them was this. I, I told them, say, look, you know what? I actually have, you know, and I, I, I didn't have it, but I, I said, hey, you know, I actually have a podcast network. And I just I made up the name on the spot. It's called Host My Podcast. And uh, where I can either co-host your show for you and uh, I will produce your show. And it's going yeah. to be, you know, you got you to gotta do X amount of episodes and it's going to cost you X amount of dollars. And he said, great let's do it which then led to another person listening to that health tech show and saying hey i have this uh i have the i'm part of uh, an app company and we really like the way you host the host the show is and then so now my (laughs) this this pretend business that i had actually ended up turning into a real business and we have quite a few shows now on on the host my podcast.com that i produce and edit and some of them i co-host some of them i don't I don't know. I, I didn't know anything about these these topics, so I've, I've I've got to learn learn them as I as I go along. So 
That, that's funny because, all right, I run, you know, I get like businesses mm-hmm. hit me up for the, the front ads on my show and mm-hmm. I get a lot of authors and stuff. Someone actually sent me something, but I didn't, who you said what you said now, I didn't understand. He actually wanted, asked me to do something like that to set up like a yeah. podcast. I think he wanted me to do it from scratch. Mm-hmm. Was it like to be on a podcast? So I kind of like blew the guy off. And mm. I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's 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 the new medium now. You know, as I, you know, I I I meet with these with these companies, and you know, before you can go out and when you when you do a sales call, like when I when I when I used to go and um, do sales for my own my own business to get my my fitness company into their companies you you sit down you have a beer with somebody you have lunch with somebody you yeah. you get to know them you 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 jive with them a little bit or you don't right you can't yeah. do that now so how do people get to know who you are how do the, how do people get to know your philosophy either you're writing something you're yeah. on a podcast or you have a video of something and again it's like it's it's about making that connection with them and this is now how you have to kind of make connections with people yeah. Now, is your podcast just strictly uh, audio on Spotify and iTunes, or do you have a yeah. channel? So, remix my yeah, all my podcasts, remix my fitness, this week in health tech, uh, the dental behind the dental chair. Um, those are currently all audio. We have social clips that come out, but um, from for the most part, right now it's it's been all audio. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So when you went to the kettlebells, you weren't scared to leave your job or like worried about the health benefits or anything. Well, you oh, dude, I was I was scared out of my mind, but really? I started the government very early. I started as soon as I finished school. I thought, okay, I have this, I have this degree, and what am I going to do with it? I had this bachelor's degree. I'm like, now what? You know, no more school. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do more school. So I fortunately found a place. I, I, I started working for the government when I was 20 years old. And um, I quickly moved up in the rankings. I and I, I was working for the attorney general's office. Oh, okay. I knew nothing. Of, I, I, I had a kinesiology background. I had a, I had a human science wow. background. Um, I started at the you know the lowest position, and then next thing you know, I am I am running a courthouse in uh, out here. And uh, you know, I was probably what twenty six, twenty seven. You know, making pretty okay money, having security. Um, you know, our, in in our Asian culture, having a government job is considered very, very prestigious and whatever. Yeah. But uh, I was very trapped in the job. I was uh, clearly, you know, something was off because I was almost um, almost three hundred pounds as well. You know, walking around, very like I was. You know, one of those one of those fat guys. That was really fit though because i was always into fitness i was always into lifting uh yeah, martial yeah. arts but you know by looking at you you just be like oh my god that guy needs to that guy needs to go on a diet or something but uh yeah you know as uh as i was trying to figure out and try to change my life i i thought okay you know what why don't i change me first and um you know kind of figure out what i want to do and and you know i had all these things that i was doing so that i could lose weight but it ended up being like i was very unhappy about it because I was just doing it just so that I could lose weight and kind of show people that I wanted to lose weight because it turns out what I really thought was the people that were unhappy about or the the people that the people were more unhappy about me being so heavy than I was like I didn't really care but they cared so much like I would always hear from my mom my sister yeah, my yeah. friends people on the street people always had an opinion like oh you know what if you do 200 skip you know skip ropes every day you'll lose 5 pounds I'm like what why do you care like I'm I'm happy with me so you know, with some soul searching, and, and look, they they all they all meant it in their in their good way, right? Like they didn't mean it in like malicious way. They meant they 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 were concerned about my health, but 
you know, kind of soul searching from my, my end and losing, you know, weight, uh, and, you know, as time went on, just, just by doing the things I love doing and just kind of starting to connect with myself. Um, and as I was doing that, people started asking me, how are you doing that? How, how are you doing this? So I would just kind of share stuff I'm like, Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they said, okay, could you, could I, could I pay you like 10 bucks an hour? Would you be interested in like training me, showing me? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I did it for fun. Then it became 20 bucks an hour. Then it became 50 bucks an hour. Then my calendar started getting really busy. I was working at six in the morning to train people, go to my regular job. And then after my regular job, I'd go and train more people at their homes, their gyms, their wherever it was, right? So once I was able to kind of build my clientele book, which so I was working my I was working my training job part time and I was working my full time job for two years, I thought you know what I think I think I'm ready to to take. I was like 30 years old. I was like, look, I, I got to do it now, you know. So I just went. And I just did it. I asked my my wife. I said, look, we're going to be kind of hard up on money and we're not going to have benefits and a pension and all that stuff like that. And she says, look, uh, if you're happy, then we're happy. Oh, that's so, great. And I that's said, great. it's great amazing. when you got a supportive family. That's great. And, yeah, and, and yeah. it's great to see that, you know, they always, they usually, you know, you always hear the stories. It's always, if you're passionate about something, you're going to be more successful, mm-hmm. right? Now, success can be measured in, in different ways, right? It could be monetary, mm-hmm. it could be how you feel. But it's, at the end of the day, if it, it all depends. If you're happy, then that's it, right? Absolutely. You only go around you know, the my... block once, right? That's, that's what they say. You only live. Twice, it is true. Right? It's true. So it's true. You know, they, there was a... once, so you got to make the best of it. And it's absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it's, which is why, like, which is why I do what I do, right? Like, not just work wise, but people. You know, my my mother in law asks me all the time. I walk, I come home, and I'm just like limping home from jujitsu, or like, you know, I'm just like a little sore. She's like, "Why do you pay money to get beat up?" She's like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Same thing. <laughs> and I said, nothing makes me feel more alive, you know, to go yeah. in there to test myself. If I could, if I could do Muay Thai, if I could do boxing and I, and I felt like, Hey, you know what? The next day I won't, I won't walk away with brain damage or this and that, you know, I would do it, but it's just, I can't, you know, it's, yeah. you know, I think above, above all, you know, you know, I probably may get some flack for this, but I think jujitsu is a very show me martial art, right? Like, Show me that you are a black belt. Show me that you actually know some stuff and I can show you and we can go at it like, you know, but with boxing and like karate, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, I'm a black belt in karate and what are we going to do? We're going to, we're going to fight, you know, we gonna, am I going to kick you for real? Like, you know, things like that. Like it's not as, um, it's harder, it's harder to show. So, yeah, yeah. you know, my, my, going to your point about happiness, my, my son, who's like seven now, he's starting to kind of ask questions like, you know, you, you work a lot, dad, or, you know, it's, uh, you know, so I said, he'll be like, are you, are we, are we rich? And I, <laughs> I tell him like, I said, look, son, we are absolutely rich. A hundred percent. Maybe not money wise. We're not rich, but, uh, but in terms of like our happiness together, like we're happy. We have, we have food in our bellies, you know, thankfully, like if I'll tell you, Mark, if I didn't had no experience doing virtual workouts before, but I had a lot of experience doing the podcasting and this and that. So I had like some technical aspects of it, so which is why I was able to transition quickly. But the backup plan was if this virtual workout doesn't work, then I had a, a, I had a demolition job lined up for me to go in and uh, okay. demolition places. I had a store, a corner store down the street over here. They were offering me a part-time job to work at their corner store. 
I was ready to do those things that if in the event that my virtual workout didn't 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 pan out. Thank okay. goodness it panned out. Yeah, you you had a backup plan. Yeah, 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 had a backup plan. Had a backup yeah. plan. Well, it w it was great having you on the show and let everybody know what's your website again. So if they yeah. want to check you out. So my website is remixmyfitness.com. That's R-E-M-I-X, myfitness.com. And uh, of course, all the social handles like Instagram, Remix My Fitness. Um, and then, of course, the podcast, Remix My Fitness podcast, where you can get maybe a little bit more of me if you want. So, there you go. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. I mean, Jim and Kim, it was great having you on the show. And everybody listening to this and watching this, well, right now we're live, so you're watching this. Please <laughs> uh, subscribe to my Twitch channel. It's free, especially if you have an Amazon. Well, you can follow me for free. If you have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe for free. I'm also on YouTube at MarkTheSharkMMAShow.com. I mean, MarkTheSharkMMAShow on YouTube. My website is MarkTheSharkMMAShow.com. Check it out if you want to be a guest on a show, if you want to be a sponsor, if you just want to shop for some hoodies or T-shirts or mugs or give a donation. And don't forget, I got a podcast episode that comes out every Sunday, and I'm live here on Twitch every Saturday. Today we're a little earlier, but they'll see you at the regular time at 3 o'clock. Paul's Mulder ends well. And again, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. It was great having you on the show. I appreciate it, Mark. Thank you. All right. Take care. Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything with Me podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate to his podcast for more amazing episodes. Marcus Sander was a normal family man till he was captured by the Nazis, imprisoned in torture. His only means of survival was to become a vampire. Now his only fear is on how to keep his daughter safe. But not only from the Nazis, but from the creatures of the Dark World. Marcus the Vampire, the first book in the Dark World Chronicle series. Now available at www.retortofamilybooks.com and on Amazon.com. Get it now. Are you a fan of the Mark the Shark MMA show? Are you looking for some swag? Check us out on the web at www.markthesharkmmashow.com where we sell t-shirts, hoodies, crop tops, hats, beanie hats, anything you want. Check it out. Are you also looking to become a guest on the show and be interviewed by me, Mark the Shark Retorto? Well, go to the website and sign up as a guest. Are you looking to become a sponsor? Go to the website. Sign up. Take advantage of the wild range growth of the sport of MMA and be have your business and service advertised to millions of listeners that listen to this podcast every week worldwide from everywhere. Check it out. www.markthesharkmmashow.com All right, guys, you can keep up to date and see what's going to happen with the show by following us on our social media pages. You can follow us on Facebook at Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark with a C and not a K. 
And at, on Twitter, at MarkBJJFighter. Again, that's Mark with a C and not a K. And of course on Instagram, at Mark underscore Retorto. That's Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Retorto. R-I-T-O-R-T-O. Keep up to date and follow us. Hi everyone, this is Mark the Shark Retorto. Just want to make sure that everyone's following me. Not only here on this podcast, but on my new live show that's hosted on Twitch. You can watch it at twitch.tv slash Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark with a C and not a K. And I air a new episode every Saturday. So check it out. This is to all you parents out there. Are you looking for a great book for your child to read? Well, look no further. Christina Retorto has done it again by putting out a sequel to her first book in the Invisible Girl series. The sequel is called A Little Bit Louder. Get it now at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com or RetortoFamilyBooks.com. Again, the book is called A Little Bit Louder, written by Christina Retorto. guys we're at the end of our show this is mark retorto i'm signing off and don't forget to follow us on our facebook page it's called the mark the shark mma show and it's mark with a c not a k and also feel free to leave us messages by using the anchor app and also don't forget if you look in a mood for a good action thriller book to buy my book called the cabal the saga begins it's available on amazon and barnesandnoble.com and if you need a good book for your kid Get the I Am Survivor book or Invisible Girl book written by my daughter, Christina Retorto, also available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show and continue to listen to our shows every week. Thank you.